There we go. Oh, we're recording yeah. on the second right. track. So I was actually thinking about just going about and just highlighting what do we want to even list here. What are we going to talk about? Intro. Intro. Introduction. Yeah, definitely. We have to introduce ourselves. Direction of cast. Starting topics. What did we talk about last time? That is a that is a basic overview of probably what everybody is thinking. How is it a It is a good pilot episode. Yeah. All right. Are we gonna do our intro music? Uh, intro music yet, or do we have to do that in editing? All right, let's put it in post. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Do what? Go, three, two, one, no. No countdown. Alright. So, introduce yourself, sir. Since we're recording at your house. Oh, thanks for just blowing that out of the there way. We go. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Comic-Con Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 1, coming to you live from Uptown Whittier, California. at the E-Tech Arena for recording for gifted children. <laughs> My name's Lou. Good job. Way to follow up. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, Is that where we were that, going? That's your cue. Okay. All right. My name's uh, Alex, and we're going to be bringing to you uh, probably just some of the whole uh, bandwagon geek kind of fandom and mythos and everything that goes along with this. Uh, maybe a little bit of a business aspect to it, ideas, directions, possible fan casting. A uh, big thing on uh, Instagram is uh big with fan casts and uh, facebook does it every now and then so we'll probably look into that a little bit more uh maybe but, even actually possibly getting our own facebook page maybe uh an instagram later on down the line but we did want to do this episode just to kind of start it out uh it is going to be a little bit of a shot in the dark for us we want to try it out and uh we are happy to take suggestions uh constructive criticism and uh, always open to learning more and more about anything that we're uh, actually topic talking about. Um, some of the things that we do actually want to cover is uh, definitely, like I said, Marvel vs. DC. And today's episode is more than likely going to be uh, more directed toward uh, the coattail riding of uh, Marvel's uh, ultimate success with its characters and franchise moving versus DC maybe getting a little bit later starting the game. Uh, maybe not so much as far as uh, the comic book movies as being started because we know uh, in the beginning we had uh, we had Batman, we had Michael yep. Keaton in the '80s playing Batman already. So it's not necessarily DC uh, following uh, Marvel in general. It's more of the fandom team up kind of yeah. gung ho kind let's, of let's do that kind yeah. of deal. I mean, one of the biggest uh, biggest things that we've probably seen in this day of age, namely. Um, with the ad with with first uh, with uh, Iron Man coming out, such a big huge blockbuster hit that kind of really set the tempo 
uh, for the Marvel coming onto the silver screen. Now, of course, we had the X-Men movies, but, you know, I mean, with Fox at the helm, they, they did their best, I guess. But be that as it may, what really has happened in the past, you know, past six years, you know, the past, uh, past ten years, actually, has really been mind-boggling for the comic book universe that this whole spotlight has shown in a tremendous way for for what ultimately used to be nerds back in the 70s 80s and even in the 90s comic book culture has been at its pinnacle and now it's kind of dropped into this mainstream audience and you know you have faithful you know fans to whichever franchise you want to uphold yourself alex here's with with uh, dc and marvel he knows a little bit more about dc than most people probably would mark uh, mark uh what is it what was his name marvel or what the guy from k-rock uh, who, oh, Ralph Garman. Yeah, come at us. <laughs> Anyways, be that as it may, I'm kind of like the neutral observer uh, with the sense that, you know, I've, you know, truth be told, only started paying attention to the Marvel comics more in depth since they started hitting the silver screen. And I feel anyone else who's going to say, I follow them since way back when, if you weren't born during that time, I mean, just just sit down. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, you started getting into it, you're someone. And granted, yes, of course, I started catching on interest. I probably wouldn't have been able to say, give uh, pick Iron Man out of a lineup when I was like two years old. Let's be honest. Fact of the matter is, you know, I've you know grew up with uh, with DC in the sense where I saw Batman as the animated series, and you know I knew more and latched on to more of the DC. But nowadays, probably people would be able to latch on more to Marvel only because Disney now teaming up with with Marvel is going knocking these things out of the ballpark. And DC, yeah. although they have been kind of more more established in the sense of having Hollywood renditions and even uh, cartoon series is sort of at this rate playing kind of a catch-up especially with the whole Avengers initiative and Disney's phase two and uh, phase two and three projects already going into stage four now stage oh after this uh, after this next uh, after this next couple of years where do you go from there anyway it is actually a big kind of open-ended spectrum right now especially for considering uh, just with Marvel's or Disney's purchase of Marvel, even what ten years ago, is basically what it was. Was that got this whole thing just basically a kickstarted? Bit, a little bit, uh, maybe a little early, bit longer. A little bit earlier than that, Disney buyout. And it was a huge, huge buyout too. And 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 this is kind of like where I really want to kind of get into the, a little bit of the meat of this topic too. Is that I do believe up until. Uh, Right around 2000 when we had, what, 2002, 2003 when we had Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire when that came out? I think so, yeah. We'll go We'll go right around that era, maybe a few, give or take a few years. Um, I think that was definitely really kind of the kickoff. I think Fox was just, uh, just definitely on a high and they decided to kind of just take that and just kind of run with it. We got X-Men out of it, which was cool, and... I think a lot of uh, people were kind of just taken automatically drawn to Marvel at that given time because it's what we had out at the time. Um, if we kind of take it to more of a present day, excuse me, kind of approach to it, I really do, and in all honesty, think, and this is where, really where I, I want to get into this conversation, is that I, in all honesty, and in my personal opinion, DC is playing catch up with Marvel simply due to the fact that we have an established basically an established cast of characters that were brought together 
and then thrown into a movie. In a very methodic way at that. I'll go ahead and give uh, Disney and Marvel the credit for that. I yeah. mean, they, kind of, they, they established these storylines and melded them pretty well together to the point where now DC is kind of scrambling to try to compete against that. Because let's, you know, let's take a look at you know the past uh, several movies that uh, that Disney and Marvel has that Marvel Studios have put out they've been box office sweeps and there's been a lot of harsh criticism coming after the newest DC films such as Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman Batman vs Superman a lot of yeah, negative definitely. speculation for what's coming around for Wonder Woman now let's be honest uh, should we give it the time of day to try to consider that you know this is something that is that's something to be as excited about as the uh, Avengers, uh, as the Avengers initiative that Marvel's pushing? Absolutely. I say we should give it the time of day. But in such a way where here's where I find one of the biggest differences, especially with the themes that each of the franchises are pushing. Marvel's more like a, you know, gung-ho, um, you know, a, a superhero movie in the truest sense. Now, it gives some character, it gives good character development as far as it goes for the individual characters, but I feel what it seems to be forcing the issue is their inner relationships amongst the characters. For example, who in their right mind would have put uh, Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo as a romantic option in, you know, in, in, in the market? Yeah, in Age of Ultron. I mean, they're forcing that on us for a way to try to arouse some sort of. I don't even know what to say. Uh, trying to, as a marketing ploy to try to force this to kind of character development. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Do I feel like it's forced? Absolutely. It's it, it doesn't really mesh well, and I'm sure the actors would probably even agree with that. Um, I feel that is just what the Marvel universe lacks is that sort of overarching character development that really unifies the whole thing. Right now, they're kind of shooting at the hip with it. Well, the thing I find about DC is that all of those characters have a very emotional background. They can, in themselves, bring up a very dark and you know, very dark and twisted take on what we grew up with. Batman, for example, the guy was an orphan. Uh, the kid was an orphan at the age of what? At the age of five, seven? No, no, at the end, like eleven, twelve. It's a good thing I have Alex here. <laughs> Fact of the matter is, like. Uh, and, and even in the animated series, one of the best episodes out there was uh, Heart, uh, Heart of Ice, mm. uh, the episode that introduced Mr. Freeze. Like, it, it just in general, I feel like DC can deliver a very powerful superhero movie. I mean, let's with, with a very much of a darker overtone. And I feel if they if DC tries to rush into this whole let's compete against Marvel with with our own, you know, Justice League movie, I feel like they have, they, they'll miss out on an opportunity to really capitalize on something that Marvel lacks, which is a very good overarching character development that really pulls the whole thing together. But see, that's that's kind of where I, 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 I disagree. I think Marvel has also done, a, I, I think Marvel did a great job, and just simply due to the fact that it wasn't even necessarily character development and how each, pretty much each main character from the Marvel Universe, we got uh, Iron Man and Captain America already with their own movies from the beginning. You know, like they had an entire two hours to establish a certain character. I think what what I'm what I'm really going with is that we got an entire revamp of Batman three times over since Michael Keaton. Yeah. 
That's true. You know, and we've only had, we've only ever seen Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. We've only ever seen Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. We don't have anything to compare it to, which was basically a clean, a clean slate. With Batman and everybody, we go from the animated series to the comic books to the old 1950s Adam West Batman. You know, all of these older established versions of this same story. And we pick and choose. That was a good one. That wasn't so great. Maybe we could have done without that one. And yet we still are somewhat more critical, at least me, more critical of DC trying to recast cast make the story stick compared to where marvel has already had characters develop now and and i'm not saying that we look at uh, look at mark ruffalo bruce banner has been casted three times three times yeah we got edward norward edward norton eric banner and now mark ruffalo i love mark ruffalo i think he's the perfect hulk i love his his interaction with everybody else is the very passive i don't want to be here kind of leave me alone outsider in the entire group but i but yet still have that overtone of i need to be a hero and i need to be here because of what i can do even though i'm afraid of it Mm. i think what dc is lacking is that actual character development we haven't had time to be like hey oh my god this is awesome i'm so attached to you because it's always been like hey after christian bale plays batman we might have ben affleck yeah you know after okay. after Val Kilmer plays Batman, guess what? George Clooney's here <laughs> to fill in for his place. You know, it's these things to where it's just very, very... I think where DC was so much all over the place with recasting and reshooting and redoing right. movies mm-hmm. that we had so much to compare to with DC that we're just kind of fed up with it now. And it's kind of like, cool, I'll take whatever's good. <laughs> yeah. you know. But with, but with Marvel, on the other hand, it is you took Robert Downey Jr., you gave him you casted iron man he yeah. was iron he, man that he, role he, he knocked it out of the ballpark oh I'd completely say. you I, know yeah i mean okay i i see that point like marvel has indeed established that I probably i mean would i contribute that as props to the uh, to the casting uh, the casting director oh absolutely. completely absolutely. absolutely yeah so but the thing of the matter is like i said harking back on my uh, on to what i was driving at DC, the storyline in and of itself, the actual characters themselves are very emotional, very dark. Oh, have yeah. A very, have a very uh, resonating background. I can't say that, you know, everyone knows, uh, you know, what uh, what uh, Bruce Wayne was feeling. Yeah, The course. fact of the matter is, is that, you know, while we can't really attach ourselves to a certain character because, you know, they're constantly recasting people. Right. We, as an audience, feel what they have been able to do is establish this darker overtones for these for these uh for these uh superhero movies yeah. that we haven't seen in at all to be honest so i mean i that's like i said if dc can capitalize on that i feel like they can be a really good contender if you know they can actually write a good story <laughs> all right let's well, see but that but that's also the thing too and th- this is just going to be basically my final point on this uh, on this certain topic and then we'll move on to uh, something a little bit more um, recent. We're gonna talk. Let's do. Uh, let's do uh, Deadpool. De- Deadpool and Tim Miller leaving. Uh, we'll jump to. We'll jump to that whole idea next. Um, my last point on this one: character development has always been key for me, especially just in characters. Regardless, comic books, video games, whatever it is. If you're gonna make me get attached to something that I really love. 
then indulge me in that character. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you think about it, like, when we heard Ben Affleck was going to be Batman, everybody was like, ah! you know, kind of a deal. Like, nobody, nobody really wanted, like, they're like, he screwed up Daredevil, why would we do this? Right. You know, why are we going to give him the Dark Knight? And then everybody saw him in the Batman costume, and they're like, oh my god, never Frank mind. Miller Batman is here. Yeah, well, never mind even that, I mean... Let's let's give the guy some credit. He kind of shaped up his act since uh, you know since Geely, oh Geely and uh, Uptown and, Girl, yeah. <laughs> okay. Girl I mean, like you that. got this guy who did a complete one eighty, and he came out and produced you know the town in Argo. Oh my! God. Let's go ahead and give the guy some credit. He really did, the I feel like do did Ben Affleck really sell us on the Batman as much as Christian Bale did? If are we can if we can compare the two. Who who upsold Batman a little bit better? Yeah, I really kind of that. You know, I I agree. I did. who upsold Batman better? I really do think that that is a topic I would definitely want to leave to everybody else. Like, as soon as this goes live, and as soon as we get it out there, and whoever's listening to this right now, we want to hear from you. Who sold who it better? Batman better. Yeah, there we go. Who Batman better? Because that is actually a really really Man. huge point. Like, we can think about what Christopher Nolan did with Joker and Christian Bale, or Heath Ledger and Christian Bale, as two iconic characters. Let's see what an Academy Award-winning writer, director, actor can do, and see if if he can do a better Batman. That is is a huge question that a lot of people are going to have. Like, we got him in Batman vs. Superman, and we all loved it. That, that, uh, hands down, as much as I hated the movie, yep. I will give it that. Batman was the silver lining Yeah, coming from that. It was. You know, Ben Affleck's Batman, for me, was definitely the silver lining out of that movie. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I feel... Yeah. I don't mean, where am I going with that? It's okay. Okay. Post it. Post it. Yeah. <laughs> Post it. All right, let's move on. We're going to move on here. So uh, we're gonna go. Uh, Tim Miller leaving Deadpool two. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of casting the right people for the job exactly. and really only getting one rendition of it, let's take a look at Deadpool. Let's, Deadpool's I definitely mean, a I mean, I mean, I mean. Let, all right, all right. Let's go ahead and consider this. Despite the fact that the franchise exchanged hands from Fox to Disney, Ryan Reynolds still maintained. His role. Well, it's not it's not even so much because Fox still has the movie rights to Deadpool. Really? Yeah. So it wasn't DC. So, no, it's not. I mean, it's not Disney's movie. Disney oh. owns the <laughs> Disney owns the character, but Fox still owns the right to movie production, which is why we got a rated R Deadpool movie. Oh, because if we got a PG thirteen Deadpool movie, no, no, nobody no, would have went to go no, see it. That wouldn't have been half as good. Oh, not even a quarter as good as it's a sixteenth yeah, of what it should yeah. have been. I wonder. I wonder if Disney actually sat down in a corporate meeting and like, all right, we're buying all the Marvel characters, and they started going down one by one. Okay, Iron Man, <laughs> yeah, Steve Rogers, yeah, Deadpool. Oh. Uh, I can just imagine, yeah. like, a, like, like the, I guarantee you, Walt rolled over in his grave. No, never mind that. I imagine the marketing director pitching this to a, like uh, to like a council tribunal consisting of like Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, and Goofy, and Minnie, and yeah, and basically they'd be like, "Nope, we're not gonna take him." Yeah, exactly. Like uh, we don't want him. Nope. Take him. Yeah, yeah. So. But um, all right. So let's talk about this because this is actually something that was really big, uh, like literally two weeks ago. Tim Miller, the director of the first Deadpool, takes off 
uh, having creative control, uh, being uh, Ryan Reynolds having creative control of uh, casting and a lot of the writing and uh, what's happening in the movie. Um, they had selected a certain a certain person to play Cable. I'm not sure who the certain person was at the time. I know there's a bunch of names floating around. Uh, next show, we'll probably get into that maybe just a little bit more. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about casting for Deadpool 2. Um, but this is, this is something that's actually really interesting because they had... Deadpool had a budget. Just if you don't know, the first... The, this Deadpool, or this one that we got recently, uh, a year ago... Uh, had a budget of like thirty-eight million dollars. Ended up doing a hundred and like eighty-three billion or something like that. That's no, I don't lot. even know. That's a lot yeah, of money. That's a crazy that's amount of money. I think it was like a hundred. Cool. I don't even know. I don't even know the statistic on it. But it was a lot of money. Let's just say that it was that's a massive it. amount of money. That's uh, seven hundred and sixty million dollars USD alone for Deadpool by itself. That's not even global. That's just here in the United States. Actually, hold that's on. it. What's the or what? What is the global box office? Uh, global box office. There we go. Global box office. Uh, how much has it made so far? That doesn't look right. Oh, hold up. Worldwide. No, that was the figure for it. Oh, okay. That's so the figure so, for entirely it, is seven hundred and sixty million dollars. That's a lot so, of lottery tickets. What is? <laughs> okay, so. Other than fixing some of this crap in post, <laughs> uh, what what is the percentage on that? Percentage. Literally, what is the percentage? Uh, what is the growth percentage on that? Thirty-four million dollar budget, and at the end, take home, basically, you're looking at seven hundred and sixty million dollars well, over thirty-four. Thirty-four. Am I doing my math right? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Well, no. All right. So it made twenty. Well, if you want to talk about a return of investment, yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm going for. Uh, uh, two hundred. No, that's a. Let's see. Times one hundred. That is a two thousand two hundred thirty-five percent of return of investment. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that is one hell of an investment. Yeah, sure. seriously. If if Fox, that is an ingenious investment on Fox. Hey, we're gonna give you thirty-four million dollars. Do what you can with it. And it ends up being a seven hundred and sixty million dollar movie at the end of it. Yeah. And for somebody to be able to walk away from that paycheck, or from a paycheck off of a seven hundred and sixty million dollar box office, like you have to think things got pretty heated. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, hold on, just for spits and giggles, I'm gonna ask, hey Google, how much did Avatar take to cost? There you go. How much? Was Avatar's budget okay? All right. I don't think this is. <laughs> all right, let's let's just take a gander at this. All right. Uh, how do I even scale this? Okay, so basically, what it is is we want we're trying to figure out what the number is going to be for okay. between two different movies as as far as directors would go. So. What are we looking at as far as money taking home? Looking at what one thousand seven hundred or one thousand one hundred seventy-six? If I'm mathing this correct, now you guys can probably fact check me on this. So if Deadpool took only thirty-four million to make and made seven hundred and sixty million, I'm looking at the total budget for Avatar. 
came in out to three uh, 237 million made a total of 2.788 billion dollars that's a lot of money but if we're to break down the number that is a return of investment of a thousand only a thousand a thousand um, a thousand percent a little more than a thousand percent on the return of investment if you want to be really precise 1176 percent of of the money was returned I mean that's the net profit but I mean that is still a lot of money that's a huge amount of but money. I mean as far as it goes for like for, for for the as far as it goes for the growth factor, I mean that thing. I mean Deadpool really did. Deadpool took the cake. Yeah. Like as far from what from what the budget is from these two movies, and we have to remember too, these are two completely different movies. But as far as money goes, as far as an investment goes, we're looking at a budget of two two hundred thirty seven million, and globally making two point seven eight billion dollars. But yet we take thirty eight. Anywhere between th- to call it thirty to fifty million to make Deadpool, and we have a seven hundred and sixty million dollar return off of fifty. What fifty eight million? Is that the number I'm looking at? Yeah, yeah. No, I just We're just looking at fifty eight million dollars. That is a huge return. So to get back to the actual original idea of this, of Tim Miller being able to walk away over creative control. Of one character yep. that you're able to just be like, ah, screw it. I had a good run off one movie, and yep. now what are you going to do? Yep. I mean, you're just kind of like, you know. You basically shot yourself in the foot on that one. You're like Andrew Garfield wa- walking out on uh, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> on the social network. <laughs> on social All network. All because, you know. His I mean, name wasn't on the Facebook page. Yeah, I mean, I mean, probably a little more technical than that, but I probably. mean, the guy should have fought a little bit more with tooth and nail to, you know, try to try to retain that rights. So, I mean, that's kind of a big kind of thing, leaving you know really big shoes to fill. Either that, or you know, Ryan Reynolds is just going to take the helm on the whole thing. Which who knows? Which how will that how will that turn out? Yeah, well, from what we've from what I know, at least personally, this is Ryan Reynolds' baby. Like this is his this is his steak and potato. <laughs> he was born <laughs> for this role. Oh, completely. He was completely born for this role, yep. which is a good thing. So, here's here's the other thing too that I've just that it's just been floating around out there. Would never gonna happen. But like I said in the beginning, we wanted to talk fan cast too. Um, this is not necessarily a fan cast, but it is something that we were that I've seen going around. Uh, actual petition, or not even a petition, but a suggestion being made by uh, the interwebs is Quentin Tarantino directing Deadpool 2. Now, a whole lot of people were eager to jump on that bandwagon and be like, oh my god, yes, do it. And as much biggest respect to Quentin Tarantino, one of my favorite directors of all time, do I feel that he would be up to making a superhero movie of this caliber? I'm gonna bite my tongue on that. Only because, let's I mean, as good as his movies is, let's look at all most of the violence, albeit a little bit on the cartoonish over the top side. Yeah. Thing about Deadpool, yes, let's go ahead and suspend disbelief. But I mean, something about Deadpool doesn't really strike me as Wild West. Yeah. As much as as much as, as he's of... a, yeah, as much as of a wild card as he is, he, he's in it of itself. Uh, a creature to be reckoned with, something that'll put the Wild yeah. West to shame. Now, of course, a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies, if you take a look at it, is all about revenge. Kill Bill, Django Unchained, 
uh, Reservoir Dogs. Now oh. the list is extensive. He did great jobs at that. In fact, a lot of the com you know good you know good portions of the com of our pop culture references come from there. Fact of the matter is, is like, do we want to see Quentin Tarantino taking the driving uh, driving control of Deadpool in it of itself? I wouldn't know. Only because it would be a very, very big leap, I feel, for the type of genre that he's going to be shooting for. That's just my thought on it. I mean, yeah. props and respect to the guy. I don't know if... I do not feel he might be able to grasp everything that Deadpool had to offer. I don't think... When I first saw the post, and it was one of the things that I saw on Instagram, flipping through a few of the comic pages that I do follow, um, it was it immediately jumped out at me to be like, "Yes, this is great. Why wouldn't it?" And the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I kind of withdrew my basic argument for it. I was super, super stoked to hear that. Hey, look, everybody kind of wants this to happen. But then really absolutely thinking about it, it, it's not it's it's not it's not Quentin Tarantino to do something like this, like a comic book hero movie. I can't see him directing it. I can see him maybe maybe putting an input on it on hey, look, here you go. This is kind of like this is what I would have done. I wouldn't have seen anything else but that going of hey i'm flattered this is what i would do kind of a deal you know um but i mean i do think it's a huge mistake on tim miller's part to actually walk away from as big as a movie as deadpool was or deadpool is and deadpool 2 is probably going to be just as big if not bigger um but there is a, there was a lot of buzz going on around like i said about tarantino directing De you know the fans it, it, like i said fan casting for a director movie or to direct this next movie was um was quentin tarantino yeah so i mean i mean just taking a quick gander i'm on cheatsheet.com looking at you know a list of replacements who the directors may possibly be uh, something that f falls in line similar to what deadpool's uh deadpool movie is going to be so we're looking at, uh, you know, someone by the name of, let's see. All right, so, of course, we got Magnus Martins, who has already helmed episodes for both Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We have Drew Goddard from The Martian, uh, comes straight out of Josh Whedon's School of Filmmaking. And then we have another individual. I can't seem to find who it is. Let's see, but uh, just to, just to put it bluntly, like uh, we have a short list here of Drew Goddard and Magnus Martins. Now, if those two are on the election ballot, I mean, are we going <laughs> to choose the lesser of two evils? I'm already over the election as it is. I'm going to go ahead and say let's give it to Drew Goddard only because I really did appreciate what he did with The Martian. That was actually an ingenious movie. I loved that movie. I thought it was awesome. I mean, seriously, how do you take one person basically doing nothing <laughs> hey, except was, trying to survive on on mars i mean which in itself a is a great botanist okay i mean exactly. he, did a, he, he was the perfect guy for the job oh yeah consequent all right going back to the director thing never mind uh never, never mind uh, the martian uh magnus martins all right 
I have a bone to pick with Agents of Shield that I've that's gone beyond <laughs> the scope of this of this podcast. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the next but one. For that reason, I don't feel as if anyone involved with that project should be directing anything else anymore, namely the writers. So, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to get into that. But exactly. on the same flavor and topic of the of, about these about this fan cast, yeah. The whole reason why I probably wanted to jump on this podcast only because I. Like you know, like uh, like Alex and I here have often teased this idea of who would we or like who which people we would like to see play certain roles. Oh, completely. If we yeah. were this like, is the, this, this is the idea that got the wheel spinning on this yeah. one. So I went ahead and like I thought of this whole grandiose idea of creating this kind of fantasy. No wait, cast. we have to go. We have to go back. We have to go back on where this where this idea started okay it was basically okay so what was it it was maybe probably last summer it's 2016 right now we're talking summer of 2015 me and lou were over there we're eating mongolian barbecue in la habra california and we started riffing about ideas of who we would have gotten to play what and if this was if it was us at the helm who we would be trying to get to cast as you know people we haven't seen yet we, I think the, I think the big idea was started was we wanted to uh, redo Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. It was no, a, it was a redo, Star Wars. Yeah, it started as Star Wars redoing episodes one, two, and three yep. at a more recent and a better cast. Yeah, as what, or from what we got. Yeah, I think that's really where it started. Yeah, it starts off. Yeah, that's so that was the, kind of like the pipe dream. It was just kind of like playful banter until yeah, it was we kind of just like this talk that we just yeah. had. Like, it was and then we, and then of course we didn't address this for maybe about another. We got another few months or so until we got back to the Mongolian place, in which case we're like, you know what, let's revisit this topic. And it's almost as if that place has a special aura. In fact, we probably might want to do a fan cast out over there one day. Probably. Just to get a little bit more of a creative idea, because I'm hitting a roadblock. The fact of the matter is, is that that place spawned a whole bunch of ideas. For example... If we were to recast Star Wars, who would we want to see and why? Exactly. If we wanted to... Now, this is all, all... I mean, especially considering when Suicide Squad was buzzing about, where oh, they selected oh Jared God. Leto, and they announced Jared Leto to play the Joker. And we kind of scratched our heads at that and say, ah, is that too soon? Much like most of you probably were thinking. Fact of the matter is, is that we wanted to see... Who would we want to see play the Joker? Yeah. Granted, of course, Heath Ledger knocked it out of the ballpark. It's going to be hard to fill in his shoes, but and it, like and like that was the thing. I think that was the big thing that really that it got this ball rolling. Like it wasn't only just the Star Wars thing. It was upcoming casts that we were seeing that were just being announced. Even though now at this time we've seen the movies and it's just like, ah, all right. Yeah. For you example, know. Ben Affleck's Batman. There you go. Yeah. You we know. gave him crap for it. Too. Oh, complete. So. I was uh, one eighty the other way. Yep. <laughs> like, get me out of town. I don't want to see this movie. Yep. You know. But it was one of those things to where uh, it was kind of that. Uh, you know, that it was a snowball effect. It went yep. from Star Wars to the next thing, which was Marvel versus D- Marvel and DC, and who we would have cast. And then uh, the next idea was why kind of are we do why why are people trying to recast the Joker so quickly? Just you know, I mean, but we think about it. Think about and this is just a, a, just a branch, just a branch to what we're talking yep. about. There was what a 20, 25 year span between Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger. Yep. Before we ever saw a Joker outside of an animated series again. Yeah. 
No, that's that's absolutely like, correct. That was the thing. I mean, even I mean, if you want to, if even if you want to try to tie in even some of the video game series, which remarkably they still kept Mark Hamill as the Joker to do the voiceover, was and still by far hands down to this day for me will always be the Joker. Yep, he will always be the Joker. Heath Ledger. Bravo, sir. Congratulations. Wish you were still here. You know, um, d- d- there's nobody else. Nope. Like, when we, like, okay, and just, like I said, Branch, when you first saw Heath Ledger as the Joker, what were your immediate impressions of him as the Joker? Okay, so, before, well, I mean, when, when Heath Ledger was announced as the Joker, I mean, I don't even think I was around to notice that he was even announced. For the fact of the matter is, I probably wasn't even paying attention until I saw the trailer. No, yeah, I saw cool. the trailer and I'm just like, this will look really interesting. I'm curious. I am. I'm coming in this clean slate. I mean, you're talking about the guy from from A Knight's Tale <laughs> or uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. All yeah. these rom com kind of movies, you know. And so that's kind of like. I mean, like I said, probably someone will have a very more strong opinion about it, and I I would like to get their opinions on how that whole thing played out. Did it, were yeah. you right? Who were you? <laughs> I would like to hear about that. <laughs> Seriously, but. In the same spirit, that's why I'm feeling like, you know, we had to give Ben Affleck the benefit of the doubt yeah. that, you know, he has reformed and he really knocked that role out of the ballpark. Oh, completely. Suspending all of that, however, comes to the point where if we were, like, who as who would we want to see as the cast for the next, for if we were to sit down and say, let's go ahead and do, let's go ahead and do a new Batman movie. Let's. Like Tabla Rasa, let's forget about forget about all the renditions that we've seen thus far. Let's try our best to recast them brand new. Yeah, that's from that's where I want to leapfrog into probably on the next episode. So get your gears turning on who you want to see uh, yeah. as a complete recast of Batman. We should so- seriously that, and this is just the like for this for stuff like this seriously we really want everybody else's opinion and i think this might be a good idea to maybe live tweet this yeah to like get that conversation going because the bit the big thing especially for uh the whole batman universe right now is okay we're getting deathstroke everybody's awesome and happy with who they picked it's that i forgot his name i oh my god i'm drawing a blank on who's playing deathstroke I know he's well built for the part, <laughs> you know, like he fit, he fits the part. I think, um, what's his name? Joe Manjet. There you go. Mo- yeah. Joe Ma- Magnolon. Magnolon. I don't know how to say his last name. Um, but we're on the, but the next thing to, uh, to, to cast, at least for Batman is going to be the next Robin is going to be the next uh nightwing is going to be the next uh red hood there's already talk of all this stuff going around red hood nightwing uh you know a robin coming back and making an appearance there are so many things that are out there that is just kind of floating in the ether of who might get this part who might not get this part who people want to see as robin who people want to see as nightwing who people want to see as red hood um just as far as fan casting goes, I heard uh, d- the the kind of the toss up is um, 
for Red Hood is the kid from uh, uh, Kingsman and oh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf as Red Hood. Now, think about that. Like, this is where the conversation really does get get heated between me and Lou, where it's just, look, these are the things that possibly could happen and who we would and would not pick. And it's not necessarily to go against each other or to say who's better or who's not better. It's more of just to get the conversation going and we want to see who, what you guys are thinking, what we're thinking, how we can all together come together and talk about this as a community, have a dialogue for this movie or for these castings that are coming out. That way we can bring new ideas to the table and you know maybe be somewhat critical of who we're casting and who people do want to see and who people don't want to see as certain people or as certain characters i mean um and just for me for my personal preference shia labeouf as red hood i said no in the beginning and i thought about it and then i look back at movies like i look back at him in movies like fury yeah excellent in fury yeah no, like he, seriously he really pulled himself together for that movie pulled it pulled it together i think of movies like um uh, uh, Wall Street. When they redid Wall Street, it was Shia LaBeouf and uh, my and um, what's it? Oh God, Michael Douglas. It was just it was such a good movie. Like he portrayed himself and carries himself very well. But on the flip side of that coin, you see like the crap he's kind of been going through and the, the you know the not so great version of Shia LaBeouf that we do get. But you see kind of like this, like you almost feel bad for him. Like, I don't know how you're going to pull through this, but I hope you do this because you are possibly crazy enough to pull this off, you know? And I really, and I am pulling for the guy. The guy's a great actor. I love him. I've liked him in pretty much every movie I've seen him in. There's nothing I would have gone to and be like, nah, Shia LaBeouf crap in this movie for me. But I think he's a really, really good, would be a good look. For Jason Todd, I really, really do. All right, you know. Well so, said. I mean, that's just me. But this is where we're gonna probably wrap up the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you guys like this, uh, f- please share it, show it to anybody that uh, we would might we might like this, uh, who might like this. Uh, what we want to do is we're either going to continue at certain lengths, we're gonna play around with a few different ideas. Uh, the next episode, uh, as soon as we get this one out, we're going to try and do it maybe twice a month, maybe get two episodes in a month. Uh, if it really, really, with your guys' help, please uh, does start picking up steam, we can start doing uh, more casts just as this goes along. Yep. Um, ideally, what I would like to see this channel go is ultimately a communication between you guys and us. And possibly get other ideas out here on it. Uh, maybe even bring in some people who are, you know, somewhat uh, uh, have some notoriety, uh, especially in you know d- these comic book characters and you know people who who you go to information for against people who d- have no information at all going in to see these movies and maybe even picking up a comic for the first time. So, um, you know, like I said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys made it to the 44th minute of this podcast, hopefully we're going to be able to fix some of this in, uh, in post and get it trimmed down a little bit more, maybe a little bit easier to listen to. And, you know, with your guys' help, we'll be able to make this uh, a great, great show. This is something me and Lou definitely, I don't want to speak for Lou, but I know this is definitely something that I am, you know, I love nah. talking about. And 
Uh, I'm so thankful if you guys made it to this point. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, um, you, thank you guys. You guys really need to pull through on this. Only because, you know, I, I, I'm you know, I'm just as motivated to try to get involved on in all this, especially yeah. for the fantasy cast. Yeah. Know? I feel like we've, I mean, I've gotten people involved with trying to think who would play the best Harley Quinn. Who would play the best Joker? Who would mm-hmm. play the best Poison Ivy? You know, things are these kinds of things that we want to try to see on the silver screen. And I feel like while maybe our voices will go silent, but at least a little be out there. Yeah. Just be kind of like a, hey, you know what, celebrity person? I think you would play the great person. Uh, <laughs> Leave I it in the ether and see yeah. where it goes. <laughs> it's like, what, what are your strong opinions about this? Yeah. I would see you as perfect Harley Quinn and see if she reaches out. You never know. Never you know. know. You never know where, where it goes. You know, it... You know, the uh, rock in a, a river might not be much, but, mm-hmm. you know, you throw enough rocks in, make a dam. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, right? Let's so, vlog it up. I mean, all right, guys. My name is Alex Valjello. We will see you on the next one. I'm Lou, and no, you will not find me on social media. <laughs> Peace! <laughs>